I've spent more time in the last 40 years out at sea uh, than I have on shore. So, uh, yeah, I just love the tranquility up there, mate. You know what it's like, you know, those sunrises and sunsets uh, before you wake up the crew. It's, it's still, it's still um, got the magic for me, that's for sure. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. Welcome back to the second part of our riveting podcast conversation with TK Walker, where we dive even deeper into the thrilling worlds of tuna fishing expertise and social media stardom. In today's interconnected digital landscape, the pervasive influence of social media has woven itself into the very fabric of our lives, leaving no domain untouched by its reach. From fashion and food to travel and technology, its impact is undeniable. But what about the hidden realms that lie beneath our screens, where rugged industries like commercial fishing navigate the vast oceans? In the expanse of the digital ocean, where trends ebb and flow like tides, sometimes an unexpected figure emerges from the depths to capture our attention and imagination. Enter TK Walker, a man whose life, as we have heard, was deeply anchored in the rhythms of the sea as a skilled fisherman. Little did he know that his tales of life on the high seas would transform him from a humble mariner into an unexpected star of the social media realm. With a captivating blend of authenticity, adventure and a dash of salt-sprayed wisdom, TK Walker's journey from fisherman to digital luminary reminds us the most, that the most captivating stories often come from the unlikeliest of sources. Oh, it's become crazy. I mean, I, I set up a page, oh, I had a boat called the Jay Catherine, uh, and we were actually fishing outside the line, uh, you know, on, on the high seas permit. And I come across a rock, I won't say where, uh, but I come across a, a rock and we got some uh, extra large kingfish. Um, I think the world record was 52 kilos for recreational caught uh, yellowtail kingfish. And, and these ones were clearly above that. And we, I didn't think a lot of it. You know, um, uh, we, we, we ripped into them and, and got, a, got a couple of tonne. And um, unbeknown to me, one of my deckhands knew um, a, a girl, Nikki Sindon, who had a TV show. And on the way in, he messaged her and said, oh, we've got these ginormous bloody kingfish. And um, she came down the wharf. I, I put up the wharf, and there was about 30 or 40 bloody people on the wharf and cameras and all this sort of carry on. I, I don't know what the hell was going on. And uh, and um, they uh, took a whole lot of video and that sort of thing. And and, and basically, we had all the dolebs of kingfish uh, on the wharf. And she said, oh, we hear you've got uh, some really big ones above the world record. And, and we hadn't weighed any of them. And um, she said, well, which one is it? And I just looked at the bins and said, well, just grab one. And she, the first one she grabbed was 56 kilos, you know, and um, there were bigger ones in the bin. So <laughs> so um, that, uh, and I, I'd, 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 I'd just started the, uh, the Facebook um, carry on and I knew nothing about it. I was actually quite offended. I thought it was just your family and friends. And the idea of it was, um, because we were away at sea so uh, for so long, I wanted my, my, my wife and kids and my crew's uh, family to see what we did. So I put it up just so we could share photos. And when all these other people started commenting, I, did, I didn't even know what the hell was going on, John. How the hell can these people see my page? So I was very naive about the whole thing. And um, when the Kingfish photos went up, um, I got an absolute, sl I got slammed by the recreational guys. Oh, you know, how dare you and all this sort of crap. And um, 
and they, they didn't actually know the full story because when I brought those kingfish in, uh, the company I was fishing into, Moana Pacific, said, look, TK, they're too big. You know, they're too big for the market. Um, you know, we, we don't really want them. And um, so for me, that was that. You know, uh, there was no point going out and harvesting fish that was, that was no good for the market. So my thoughts right there were, okay, and we didn't. You know, we didn't go back and fish that hill. There was no point. Um, I thought, well, I'll space bank that, and one day I'll come back with a charter boat and, and, and grab some world records. But um, when I put the pictures up, you know, we had all these guys, you know, giving me absolute crap about it. And um, I uh, had one guy, and I worked out he was in Auckland. I was tied up on, on the boat in, in Auckland, and um, I'm a pretty aggressive sort of guy. And I sort of said to the guy, right, are you smart ass? Um, come on down to the viaduct and I'll, I'll knock your head off your shoulders. So <laughs> so I jumped, he said, right, oh, you know, I'll be down there in 10 minutes type of thing. So I jumped up on the wharf and I'm storming up and down the wharf. And of course, the guy never turned up. And that was sort of my first introduction to uh, keyboard warriors. Yeah, so, um, and it just, it just grew from there, John. Social media's immense power has transcended traditional boundaries impacting sectors like recreational fishing. It's democratised angling knowledge, forming virtual communities of enthusiasts and experts. Stunning visuals are shared on these platforms, which inspire adventure and boost tourism. However, challenges of sustainability and online validation also arise. Social media's role in fishing showcases its ability to connect, amplify voices and drive change underscoring its influence in reshaping even age-old pastimes. We've got uh, just half, just under half a million followers across all the platforms now. Um, Facebook's up to, um, we, should, we should hit 310,000 followers today. Um, but what happened was um, I actually started sharing a bit of information with a few of the recreational guys. I thought, you know, this, this is bloody ridiculous, you know, because we've always had this... Um, battle between the reckies and, and the commercial guys, and, and it, it, it's, it's, it's bloody ridiculous because at the end of the day, a lot of us commercial guys, you know, we grew up on the wharfs uh, recreational fishing on dad's boats, you know, so um, we're all recreational fishermen as well, and um, I started sharing a little bit of information with the guys, and then, oh, it was about six years ago, um, I put up a post and said, um, uh, to the recreational guys and said, well, hey, guys, um, if you want to catch a southern bluefin tuna, uh, they actually come in close off the coast off uh, East Cape there, and they're there right now. And um, I shared some marks, and I said, well, you know, if you guys go out to these marks, they're only sort of five or ten miles off the coast, um, you're going to get yourself a southern bluefin tuna. And I expected three or four boats to go out and have a crack at it. Well, apparently three or four hundred boats went out that first weekend, and they all ripped into it. Yeah, so um, and there was you know there was a, a, a couple other guys involved as well. There was a couple of guys, a couple of the recreational guys knew, but um, obviously the information hadn't been shared around. So um, there was another guy, Ben Carey, who uh, was doing a bit of writing for for a New Zealand fishing magazine, and uh, another guy, John Lifton Jones, who was uh, a commercial fisher, had given me some marks. So I, I shared the information. And essentially, a whole new fishery was born. Um, I'm not taking credit for it, but um, um, I certainly uh, yeah, helped launch the bloody thing. And uh, yeah, um, to this day, I mean, they're out there right now, um, absolutely slaying it. So a whole new fishery was born. And I actually said to the guys on my post, I said, hey, guys, 
Um, any of you guys catch a bloody southern bluefin tuna, you owe me a box of beer. <laughs> and and I actually did get a I actually did get a couple of boxes off a few of the boys, but yeah, that soon dried up. And I also said to um, I knew a few of the guys at Shimano, and I said to the guys, you know, right, are you bastards? I've extended your 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 game fishing season for uh, for three months of a year, so I want ten percent of your sales from June onwards. So um, yeah, I'm I'm still waiting on that check. <laughs> Sharing fishing knowledge on social media has several positive impacts. It democratises expertise, allowing experts and novices to learn and improve together. It fosters a sense of community amongst anglers, encouraging collaboration and camaraderie. The visual nature of social media promotes appreciation for the sport's beauty and adventure, potentially inspiring more people to take it up. Moreover, it can contribute to better conservation practices by raising awareness about sustainable fishing methods and environmental protection. Very, very seldom now do I get the haters. You know, um, yep, we'll get the greenies and um, the animal activists and all that sort of carry on, um, which is understandable. Um, but really, just sharing the information, it just shows that, you know, um, there's not, you know, it, it was breaking down that animosity between the, the user groups was a big thing for me. And um, it soon became apparent, um, you know, going on the growth that um, there was, um, I had to be careful what I, what I said and what I did. So it wasn't a matter of being a show pony and, oh, hey, look at TK. Um, you know, and, and I've said many, many times there are far, far better fishermen around than me. Um, I just happened to have got the limelight. But it soon became apparent that um, I had a responsibility to represent the uh, commercial industry in the positive light. Um, and, I, and that's what I've tried to do, John, you know, is, is, is show, um, try to show the recreational world that we are responsible and we can fish sustainably. And, and that's the great thing, John, with, um, with what's happening with our, uh, our tuna fisheries. You know, as you know, the Southern Bluefoot tuna has been a, a massive success story. And um, it's really just sharing that with the recreational guys and showing that we can fish sustainably and um, um, and show them the different techniques that we use. Um, I was very grateful in uh, receiving, uh, I think it was last year, I got the uh, Seabird Smart Award from the New Zealand Fishing Industry for um, for advocacy for uh, for you know showing how to how to run Tory lines and and promoting the use of Tory lines and that sort of carry on. And that's sort of where it is now, John, is um, just trying to show the world, um, you know, what, 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 what we've achieved in the last few years, you know, that we are um, modifying our practices as we learn. You know, we've learnt a lot more about um, our, um, our stocks and our biomass management, and we've also learnt a lot more about uh, sustainable harvesting techniques. So um, that's the emphasis I've got now, John, is basically sharing the knowledge um, with the recreational guys on on how to how to interpret sea surface temperature charts and all that sort of carry on, and I um, I do a weekly thing uh, that, that that shows them you know in the, in the different regions you know where the fish are likely to be, and that's been really well received. But also to show them that uh, you know that we are uh, uh, fishing the sustainable way. You know, and at the end of the day, we've uh, particularly in Australia now on the uh, in the eastern tuna and billfish fishery, we've achieved marine stewardship. Council certification as a sustainable fishery. You know, that's that's the world's highest uh, level of sustainability. You know, and we we, we need to be bloody proud of that. Um, but the, the the one thing I pick up from um, you know because it's global now, um, 
Uh, New Zealand's only about 9% of our following. You know, we've got a global audience. But the one thing I do pick up uh, from the comments around the globe is that they know very little about the uh, commercial fishery. And, um, you know, they uh, they tend to go towards um, the garbage shit, you know, like um, sea spiracy and all that sort of carry on. Because, um, um, and I, I, I put the blame squarely on the commercial fisheries um, or the commercial bodies in Australia and New Zealand, um, we have failed to um, educate the public on um, our advances in um, sustainable harvesting and also um, managing the biomasses. The fishing industry confronts a notable challenge in the form of diminishing number of young entrants. This scarcity of new talent entering the field poses serious concerns for the industry's future sustainability. Factors such as demanding work conditions, limited appeal of traditional practices and the allure of alternative career paths contribute to the decline in young individuals pursuing careers in fishing. Addressing this issue is crucial to ensuring the continuity and vitality of the fishing industry. Well, I think we're in deep trouble, Don, to be honest. Uh, real deep trouble. Um, we can't attract new entrants into the fishery, um, pure and simple. Um, so I, I, I think we're in deep trouble. Yes, we can bring in the Indonesian and Filipino fishermen and they're wonderful, wonderful guys. Um, and that's a whole different thing in itself, you know, the way we, we, we treat our fishers. But, um, you know, you, you look at it from a young guy's point of view um, and we'll have, you know, I might have 10 guys, you know, um, 10 young Australians or Kiwis um, come on our boats and uh, before I get one that does a second trip, um, you know, and... Um, Yes, I know. I know that uh, the industry don't want to talk about it, but the, you know the fact is that um, they are long hours. You know, it's it's a hard graft. Um, they're out. Of, they're out of uh, phone range, so you know their world ends when uh, they can't have social media. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm not knocking the young guys, but um, you look at a young guy coming onto a boat. Um, he comes on the boat with um, maybe four or five uh, seasoned fishermen. And uh, straight away he's a young bastard, so they don't want to know about him. And um, they um, they know from experience that the, there's a very good likelihood that he's going to do the one trip and we'll never see him again. So um, the majority of the uh, existing crew don't even want to know his name. It's just he just gets called new guy. Um, the poor guy's you know he might have just left school or he might have been working as a builder's labourer or whatever, um, doing his eight hours. All of a sudden he's thrust into um, X amount of hours, a lot longer than uh, he, he's ever worked in his life. Um, he's got a whole lot of guys that don't really want to talk to him. Um, he's on a he's on a rolling boat. Um, he's got no contact with loved ones. Um, it's it's a bloody hard graft, and uh, the, the vast majority of them, John, just you know, do the one trip and go oh, stuff this mate. I'd rather work in the freezing works or you know go back on the building site. So um, unless we get a better way of doing things. Um, we're not going to attract the new entrants. And um, as old bastards like me leave the uh, leave the fishery, um, we take our knowledge with them. You know, um, any of the young skippers that we do get uh, through through to their skippers ticket, um, they're normally cocky young lippy buggers, as I was at that age, you know. So um, they get cocky, and um, as soon as they get cocky, you think, well, okay, mate, you know it all. I'm not going to share my knowledge with you. So... Um, as us old bastards leave the industry, uh, we're taking our knowledge with us. And that's not just the knowledge of, you know, um, our different techniques. It's also the the um, knowledge on the biology of the fish that we target, you know, um, 
what its habits are, its bite times, whether that's trawling or uh, or, or, or long lining, and uh, and also the local knowledge. You know, different uh, different fish react different ways in different areas. So as we leave the uh, the, the fishery, unless we've trained up a couple of protégés, um, that knowledge goes with us. So the, the, the new young guys that are coming into the industry and, and want to stick around and maybe have raised finance for their own vessels, um, they're on their back foot right from the get-go, mate, because they've, they've got uh, none of the knowledge that's been passed down. Whereas, you know, in the old days, um, when it was essentially owner-operators, you know, you, you fished for your dad, you left school and you went to your fish with your dad and after 10 years and you proved yourself, the old man would give you the wheel. Um, well, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, you, most of the boats are owned by companies, particularly in New Zealand. And um, uh, if you're lucky enough to get a shot at, at a, as a skipper, um, you know, you, you, you've got to prove yourself first. So a lot of guys won't stick around for that. So... I think we're in deep trouble, to be honest. Despite the issues facing the industry, several leading fishing companies are actively addressing the industry's challenges by investing in capacity and skill development. Their efforts aim to bolster the workforce and secure the industry's future. By providing training, education and career advancement opportunities, ultimately, their initiatives contribute to a more resilient and thriving industry poised for long-term success. There's some really good initiatives. If you look at Austral Seafoods, they're, they're doing some fantastic initiatives, and, and I think Sea Lords and Sanders in New Zealand are the same. Um, and I've, I've been keeping my eye on a couple of young guys, both here in New Zealand and Australia, and there are some fantastic young fishers coming up. Um, the future looks really good um, as a fishery because, uh, as I say, we now have a, a, a lot better understanding on the biomass and, and what we can, you know, the, the, the quota that's um, been set for each, for each species. You know, most of the species have been in the quota system for quite some time now, and we can cover, we can, um, we can estimate what we're doing with our catch per unit effort in each fishery. Um, so we know what the biomass is like, we know how to. Uh, how much we can sustainably harvest out of the fishery every year, um, and also our harvesting techniques. You know, we're a lot better than we used to be. We know how to avoid seabird captures. Um, we know how to sort, um, you know, do a, um, rig up our trawl gear so that we're extracting, uh, so we're not getting seal captures and turtle captures. So um, we've got healthy fisheries, uh, we've got sustainable fisheries, and we've got sustainable uh, harvesting techniques. So, um, Everything's looking good, and we're, we're also changing the way we do things. You know, we're looking at um, a lot more boat to plate these days, so more of a niche marketing uh, of, of our fisheries. So um, uh, there's a bloody good future here um, if we can get guys to, do, to actually do the, you know, to, to man the vessels. Experienced fishermen like TK bring a wealth of valuable contributions to the world of fishing. With their extensive knowledge, honed skills and infectious enthusiasm, they offer a unique blend of wisdom and practical insights that can greatly benefit the industry. Oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm just, I'm just about to start a new adventure shortly, so I'm uh, when I get back from uh, visiting my family in the next week or so, I'm actually heading down to Aladulla uh, to join uh, a family down there and run their uh, big steel boat. Uh, doing the uh, Southern Bluefin Tuna. So uh, I've got a few years left of me yet, John. <laughs> so, yeah, a couple more adventures. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing that for a while. 
And um, the way the, uh, the social media is going, I've got a team with me now, so um, that's that's going great. Um, we're sort of looking at other avenues there with subscription sites and all that sort of carry on. So, um, and again, it's still just just carrying on um, sharing that knowledge with the recreational guys, uh, John. You know. Um, so I'll, I'll carry on doing that, um, but with the technology these days, um, I can do that from out at sea, and um, yeah, as you know, I'm an old bastard these days, so I'm pretty much a slipper skipper. Um, the young guys, the, the young guys can do the hauling, and I can sit on my sit on my bum upstairs and and, and monitor the uh, monitor the cameras and and gas bag to the. Uh, guest bag to the uh, followers on Facebook at the same time or social media at the same time. So I'll carry on for a few years, John, and then uh, I would hope uh, later on in life I'll, I'll probably grab a charter boat, mate, and go and get that world record. The career fisherman embodies a genuine and profound love for nature. Their daily connection with the rhythms of the sea fosters a deep appreciation for its beauty and intricacies. Through their work, they develop an intimate understanding of marine ecosystems and the delicate balance of life within them. This love for nature drives their commitment to sustainable fishing practices, ensuring the health and longevity of aquatic environments. I actually come ashore and I get a bit twitchy, you know. I <laughs> I have these great plans when I'm out at sea, right? Oh, I'm gonna go into the shopping mall and I've got this big list, I'm gonna buy this and buy this and and all that sort of carry on. And uh, I get into the shopping mall and I, I walk about 10 paces and I look around at all these bloody humans and I think, oh, bugger this, I'll run back to the boat. So <laughs> I, um, I've spent more time in the last 40 years out at sea uh, than I have on shore. So, uh, yeah, I just love the tranquility up there, mate. You know what it's like, you know, those sunrises and sunsets uh, before you wake up the crew. It's, it's still, it's still um, got the magic for me, that's for sure. TK Walker's career as a fisherman uniquely positions him as an ideal social media star to share his captivating stories. His extensive experience on the high seas lends authenticity and depth to his narratives, captivating audiences with real-life counts of adventure, challenges and triumphs. His insight and knowledge of fishing practices, marine life and the natural world allows him to paint vivid pictures that resonate with both fishing enthusiasts and the curious alike. TK's passion for his craft and the environment shines through, making his stories not only engaging but also educational, inspiring a greater appreciation for nature and sustainable practices. As a seasoned fisherman, TK Walker seamlessly combines expertise with genuine enthusiasm, making him a compelling figure in the world of social media storytelling. This is Fishtales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtails Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.